Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest edition of the Men On Podcast. Um, Craig here, and I'm going to do some more tactical analysis. I did some towards the back end of last season. I think it was fairly well received. So I thought I'd have another go. Now I've had one game week of action in the new FPL season to have a look if we can sort of find some solutions to other tactical problems. So one of the main sort of scenarios from game week one was that Gabriel was slightly surprisingly left out of Arsenal's starting eleven. And obviously there's lots of managers that currently own him and we'll be debating now whether to to sell him on or maybe assume that he'll get his place back uh, for the game week two fixture with Crystal Palace. So what I'm going to do here is have a look at sort of how Arsenal set up tactically, maybe why Gabriel was left out last week, Have sort of have some expectation around how I think Arsenal will set up around the Crystal Palace fixture. And from there, we can maybe make some some judgments on whether he'll play in that game. So I'm going to start off by looking at Arsenal from last season. And for a large part of the season, Arsenal's lineup was fairly, um, fairly similar. So they set off with a back four um, in defensive shape. So Zinchenko was left back with Gabriel and Saliba in the middle and White at right back. But when Arsenal were in the attacking phases of their play, they obviously, they, they changed formation and one of the defenders inverted into midfield which was Zinchenko. See from the slide on the screen right now, they moved into what can be said a 3-2-5 system. So Zinchenko um, moved alongside the defensive midfielder, which was Party. Xhaka, in a number eight role, tried to get up and move into the front five. Um, and that made him sort of a, a second stage, shall we say, um, attacking force with Odegaard behind Martinelli, Jesus and Saka. And you'll notice here around Gabriel why this is quite important. So the inversion happened from left back from Zinchenko. So that left Arsenal in the back three, the two, the two centre-backs and Ben White, the right back, came inside. He, he did have some licence to get forward as well. But Zinchenko was naturally involved in um, moving into next to party um, when Arsenal had the ball. So this is nice for Gabriel because he's left-footed. Um, he... Didn't have issues moving out to cover at left back, defending in wide areas, which he may have to do. Um, and obviously a distribution from that left side to, to play forward, whether that was into Zinchenko or maybe even fire passes directly into Martinelli out on the left wing. So this is quite significant and something we'll come on to in more depth later about where Gabriel ends up being positioned when inversions happened. And it's pretty clear from this that he is a perfectly good um, option for Arsenal when the inversion happens from the left side because as a defender I say he's he's naturally can move out so we'll then move on to the community shield which was Arsenal's obviously first I know it's a glorified friendly really but first official game of, of this season and again Gabriel was in the team but so were um, three new Arsenal recruits so Kai Havertz was in the team up front um, with Jesus injured and Julian Timber came in um, with Zinchenko not fully fit. He played as, took over sort of from Zinchenko as the inverted left-back. And then Declan Rice came into the team um, to replace Granit Xhaka, who was obviously left in the summer. So personnel-wise, Arsenal could have set up exactly the same. Havertz does have uh, different attributes to Jesus and Inketia. And I think it could be argued he suited Arsenal in this game, playing through, through the middle. Jesus and to a point in Ketia as well are both very dynamic centre forwards who can roam around, drift around. Um, where Havertz maybe plays more, I won't call him a target man, 
but he gives Arsenal that option. Um, bit of a different presser to them. Um, but I think for this particular game against Manchester City, I think he was just a bit more of a physical presence up front where I say the, the other the other options are a bit more dynamic in their movements. Trossard, the other option that can play up front, is also um I think he's a good he's a good option for Arsenal up front when they have a lot of the ball. They pen the opposition back and they can sort of feed beat uh, feed passes into him around the box. He's very two-footed, um, Trossard, and very intricate in tight spaces. Now, Arsenal was never going to dominate the ball against Manchester City. Um, and so there wasn't really a need for Trossard. He doesn't have the, the mobility or the pace to to really sort of have an impact on this sort of game from a centre-forward position. So I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised Havertz played this. They wanted to get him in the team. And Arsenal obviously set up with a double pivot in midfield here with Rice and Party. Um, I think there's other games um, moving forward now where they, they don't need two sort of defensive midfielders, for want of a better phrase, two double pivots. And they could afford to play Kai Havertz as one of those two midfield options to get slightly further forward. But for this game, for extra protection for the defence, um, they went with, with Rice and Party in front of the, the back three. Timber inverted alongside. So Arsenal ended up a bit more in like a 3-3-4, a 3-3-3-1, whatever you want to call it. But they still had that back three. Timber still inverted, but they had two defensive midfielders um, alongside that. So again, with the inverted left-back, Gabriel was was a fine option to to play as that left-sided defender in the back three. We'll move on to Nottingham Forest. And Arsenal then used two tactics, I would say, for this game. Um, and this first one is is a 3-1-6. So last year, they largely played a 3-2-5. Um, lots of teams do play a 3-2-5. You would have seen it from the likes of Liverpool towards the back end of last season. Man City use it. Brighton were one team last year that experimented with a 3-1-6, sort of the next phase of, of attacking play. Um, and, and the reason is that a lot of teams started to defend with a five, um, maybe a back four and a defensive midfielder dropped in as well. Or one of the wingers came all the way back to, to fill in as a back five. And what you're looking for from attacking structures is to try and get overloads in the back line. So even teams that play 3-2-5s tend to defend in a 4-4-2. Arsenal tend to drop into a 4-4-2 in defensive shape. Odegaard becomes like a second striker, almost pressing alongside the striker. The same with Manchester City with De Bruyne, obviously pressing alongside Haaland. So it's good for space coverage and, and zonal coverage and things, defending a 4-4-2. Obviously, if you defend, if you attack with a five, there's then potential for overloads. But teams have wisened up now to the bet when they play in opposition to the better teams and then defend with a five. So one solution to this is to then attack with a six. So the three, two, five is obviously a breakup of two structures of five, the defensive five, the three and the two and the attacking five. Um, this is obviously slightly riskier because if the ball gets turned over with an attacking six, you've only got four uh, players goal side of the ball. I say Brighton were the only team really to experiment with it last year. But I think Arsenal saw an opportunity to trial it against Nottingham Forest, who are among probably the worst pressers in the league. So it was unlikely that Arsenal weren't going to dominate the ball, weren't going to be able to gain consistent territory in the Nottingham Forest half and just swarm pressure onto that Nottingham Forest defence. I think... They've been playing with a back three in pre-season, Nottingham Forest. I think Arsenal and Arteta probably thought Forest will defend with a five. They won't commit too many bodies forward and they'll set up with a fairly rigid defensive shape. They won't try and press us. They won't try and play out from the back. So we can probably afford to have six players in our attacking phase to try and then still create overloads with an extra man. 
So how are Arsenal going to get to this 3-1-6? Well, what they did was quite surprising. They played Thomas Partey as a right-back. And, um, and rather than use Declan Rice as the number six um, in the original starting midfield position, Rice became part of that front six, the sixth member of that, with the attacking five, which in this case was Martinelli, Havertz, Nketiah, Odegaard, Saka. Uh, and Partey became the defensive midfielder by himself in the in the one. So in theory, they still ended up with a back three of White Saliba as normal. And then they had Timber as a left of the back three. So you could ask yourself, why did Gabriel not play on the left of the back three? Because it's a role he's obviously used to. Um, and that back three shape is what he played all last season and in the community shield. But obviously in defensive shape, this is still meant to be a form of 4-4-2. So with party inverting from right back um, in defensive shape, he's meant to get back to right back. Ben White and Saliba became the two central midfielders and Timber was then the left back. And Gabriel's never really played as a defender, uh, as a left back in a back four defensive shape. And there is quite a big difference between being a left back in a four compared to being a left centre back in a three. And it's what I was saying in one of the earlier slides around previously Arsenal always inverting from the left. And I say that was fine for Gabriel because when they dropped into the four-man defensive shape, he obviously became the left-sided centre back. Uh, in this case, though, um, he couldn't do that. The other option Arsenal could have done would, would obviously been to, to drop Ben White um, and still invert party from right back. They could have still had Gabriel and Saliba as the two central defenders in the four and Timber as the left back. But then what that would have meant was in this shape, when everyone shuffled across, Saliba would have been on the right of the back three and Gabriel would have been in the middle with Timber on the left. And although he, I think he's the oldest member of this Arsenal defence, Gabriel, I don't think he's sort of the organiser and things like that. You would have seen from Aston Villa the weekend against Newcastle that when Tyro Mings went off, they seemed to lose all structure, all shape, all organisation and any sort of defensive line. So there's clearly a line leader um, and an organiser in most defences. And I think for Arsenal, that's clearly Saliba. For Man City, it's Ruben Diaz and things like that. So you always want that defender in the three to be in the middle. Saliba's also got better attributes, I think, to be more of a sweeper in a back three. So that makes sense to obviously be in the middle. So Saliba could, I think, could conceivably play on the right of a three. Wouldn't have a problem with that. He could defend in the channels. He's got pace, um, things like that. But I don't see Gabriel really playing as a central centre-back in a three-man shape. So you'd obviously say be last man. He can be, I would say, a little bit reckless as the last man. So I think the left side of this suits him. But again, if they invert from the right, how does this work? So I think that was the reason why they didn't do it, because they didn't want him defending as the left-back in the four. I move on one more slide here. This was another structure that Arsenal was sort of trialling in the game as a, something else. So they had the 3-1-6 as an option. And they also had this 2-3-5 shape. So they used to play in 3-2-5 last year uh, with one inverted fullback. But you may have seen from Tottenham already under Ange Postacoglu that there's also scope to play a 2-3-5 where both fullbacks invert into midfield. Um, and by playing Timber as one of the defenders and party, Obviously, this becomes an option now in game to mix it up a bit, to play 3-1-6 at certain points, to play 2-3-5 at other points. So again, if they'd have played Gabriel here, he couldn't have inverted into the midfield like Timber could, uh, as opposed to the way... So Timber and Party were quite a good double act in that sense. They both could invert into midfield. And I think it's why Timber is going to be such a loss for Arsenal now, because... Um, 
what well, yeah, I don't think Zinchenko, if they played Zinchenko and party like this, Arsenal, which would probably be the two natural inverters from fullback, um, they couldn't really play the three-one-six shape because neither of those two players naturally fit into the back three. Um, so Timber is quite unique in the sense he can invert from left back, he can invert from right back, he can also play as a left back, as a right back, as a centre back even. And say he can invert into the back three, he can invert into midfield. Pretty much a Swiss army knife as a defender, you could call him. He's, there's very few, I could imagine, versatile defenders that have the capabilities of playing all of these roles. So the fact he's now out for what looks like the whole season is a massive loss for Arsenal because what they've done this summer is brought a lot of players that are very versatile in terms of structure, in terms of system. Um, and having Timber allowed them quite a lot in defence. So as I say, it's a big loss now because they've lost that flexibility with him. And again, just to to recap here, Gab, if they if started Gabriel here, they could have started Gabriel with White with Saliba and dropped White, um, but then they wouldn't have had the option to play both three one six and two three five. Um, and again, we may see a, a lot more of this in home games from Arsenal against inferior teams now, where Arteta may feel like he can sort of commit extra bodies forward, can sort of take advantage of the expectation that Arsenal have a lot of the ball. And, and risk playing an extra body in, in attack to cause overloads um, and, and dominate in that way. So take bear that in mind for Gabriel. So they've lost Timber now, so that may make Gabriel's position a bit more secure, may not. But clearly the first choice defender is Saliba. I think in this structure of 2-3-5, what also may happen that defenders may get caught two on two. And White and Saliba are far more reliable I would say than, than Gabriel in terms of when to commit to a challenge when to hold the line when to step out I think Gabriel's got tendencies of sort of old school Vincent company for Man City where he's so aggressive that he wants to step out all the time and try and win the ball and as a defender myself obviously played there in game week 39 for Team South you, you, you realise that there are moments to engage the ball there are moments and wait for support to get back and help you uh, there, there are times to go for interceptions. There are times to just sort of manipulate the play to, to your advantage. And I think the, the issue with Gabriel, because of his aggression, he can step out of line sometimes that then leaves space in behind. He can be a bit overzealous in his enthusiasm to try and win the ball back. And if Arsenal are playing only with the back two at times, if then he's a bit reckless, commits a, a dodgy foul, obviously there's a higher risk of a red card in that situation. There's also a, a higher risk of giving a penalty away, maybe, and things like that. So I think Saliba and White are a bit calmer, uh, a bit better with their temperament, a bit more restrained in when to commit for tackles. And I think when you're playing a back two, I think that's quite important. So, um, and I would say both are also a bit better than Gabriel in terms of um, in terms of playing out from the back. Although in this instance, with Saliba and White as the two, that you don't have a left-footed option there to sort of open that passing channel out. So there is that sort of disadvantage. But I think the other options sort of outweigh that. So what does this mean for, for Crystal Palace? So in terms of what I expect from the attack, I think it will be the same front five we got against Nottingham Forest. I think Havertz, again, will be used as an advanced eight. I don't think they need his skill set to play as a centre forward against the likes of Joe Jim Anderson. We saw what he did last season against um, Darwin Nunes in quite a physical sort of confrontation. Havertz... Not as physical in that sense, but in terms of size and stature, I think he'll be used in games when Arsenal want a bit more of a presence up front. Um, I don't think that needs to be in this game. 
So I think they'll use Havertz as sort of a, a number eight slash number 10 with the, the main um, task of attacking the box from deep and, and trying to get onto the end of cutbacks and things like that. Xhaka scored quite a lot of goals doing that last year. Havertz is obviously a lot more of a uh, developed attacking player than Xhaka. So I think Havertz could be, that's he's going to be his defined role in this team to to float around and try and find space for himself as in a number 10 role. And also if Arsenal do get wide, to have him sort of arriving on the end of those might be tricky in this game with Crystal Palace playing two defensive midfielders likely with Jefferson Lerma and and Cech Decore. So not the idea because he's going to have to escape the intentions of, of two defensive midfielders. But even still, I think Enketia's dynamic sort of approach as centre forward is what's needed here. So you've got Trossard who's better in games when Arsenal swamp the opposition and dominate territory. You can feed the balls into him and he can wriggle right foot, left foot, get shots away on both feet in, in small amounts of space. This is an away game for Arsenal. I don't think it's one they'll naturally dominate with 70, 80% possession. So not really a game for Trossard. Not really a game, I don't think, for Havertz, as I just said. So I think Nketiah, and he's just scored, obviously, I think we'll play up front again. The big issue is what Arsenal do in defensive shape. So when Timber went off injured um, against Nottingham Forest, uh, Tommy Asu came on. Um, different sort of defender, but still can play at left back. And again, it's what Arsenal want to do now with their shape. I think it's because it's away and it's against a team that have a lot of counter-attacking outlets on the break. Um, I think they'll set up with the sort of last season's 3-2-5 again, which means I think there's two sort of spots up for grabs. So you've got the left-sided centre-back and you've got one defensive midfielder. So based on last year, they could play the same. They'll go back to White at right back, Saliba, Gabriel and Zinchenko, and have Zinchenko invert into midfield to play alongside Declan Rice, who'll probably be a bit more restrained as a number six, I would imagine, for this game, compared to the sort of more slightly attacking um, position he took up against Nottingham Forest. That's going to hinge, I think, on whether Zinchenko's fit. I'm not 100% sure he's fitness condition at the moment. But if he's fit to play this, I think that's what Arsenal will do. Um, we'll set up like that and Gabriel will be back in the team. If Zinchenko isn't fit or there are concerns about his defensive capabilities against such a counter-attacking team, obviously they've got the option again to play Thomas Partey as an inverting fullback and move him into midfield to play alongside Rice. And they could play Tommy Asu as a left-back in defensive shape. He's played there before in games against the likes of Mo Salah. And he's a far better left-back in the four than what Gabriel is. And then if they go into the 3-2-5, Tommy Asu just becomes the left-sided centre-back in the back three um, alongside Saliba and White. Now, Tommy Asu is limited in this role compared to Gabriel in terms of distribution, in terms of um, knowledge of the role and experience in the role. So I don't think Arsenal will do this, but it is an option if they want to invert party in alongside Rice. If they do that, I think that will naturally give Rice a certain direction. He could maybe push on a little bit more um, like he did against Nottingham Forest. So I think Arteta will quite like this, the party inversion. Certainly now Timber's out the team um, with party as a six. So there is the option they do that and play Tommy Asu. My gut feeling is Gabriel comes back in and they play the same team as last year, really, with Rice just replacing, um, just replacing, who would he be replacing? We went to the DM, wouldn't he? And Havertz is in for Xhaka. So 
they're the two options. I think a lot will hinge on Zinchenko's fitness. I think I say if he's fit, I think he plays, um, and and Gabriel will play in that situation. Um, if not, it'll be party. And if party inverts, then I think Tommy Asu's more likely to play as the left back and then the left centre back. So take from that what you will. I'm not going to say I'm slightly 60 40 in favour of Gabriel Zinchenko. If you own Gabriel, I think it's probably worth giving him one more game. Um, see what Arsenal do in the transfer window, whether they look for a replacement for Timber, if one exists, who's, who's so versatile in, in how he sets up defensively. Um, if not, they may just go back to last year's team that obviously worked so well for sort of 80% of the season with Zinchenko inverting. And if they're going to invert from left back, that's what Gabriel needs to get in the team. But if we're looking like we're getting into a routine of the inversion from right back, I think that spells a bit more danger for Gabriel. That's my take on Arsenal's tactical approach at the moment. They're set up. The one thing that's pretty clear with them is because of the amount of versatile players they have, so many systems are now available to them. There's 325, there's 316, there's 235, um, and all sorts of other shapes and systems as well. And even players within that structure can rotate. Party could play a bit deeper, sometimes give Ben White a bit more freedom. Declan Rice can play as a six or an eight. Havertz can play as an eight, a ten, or even a nine. Um, there's just so much within the squad. There's just so much flexibility. And even when the starting eleven get on the pitch, depending on what eleven it is, there's the ability to to switch between systems within the game. So I don't think Arsenal are quite as bad yet as Manchester City in terms of Pep Roulette. But I also think that Arsenal now will be a lot more like Man City in the sense they've got a deeper squad. They are got a deeper squad than Man City have got with different options for different um, opponents, for different systems and things like that. So it'll become a lot harder now to predict Arsenal starting 11s. I think Saliba is safe in all systems. Saka will play in all systems. I think Rice play in all, plays in all systems. They're the three main ones. Um, so you've got options out on the left. Martinelli, some games. Trossard some games, depending on what you want from that profile. Um, might want to play a double pivot with with Rice and Party in some games and then Havertz can't quite get in if they don't want to use him as a centre-forward. I've already spoken about the, the capabilities of a lot of the defenders now. So um, bear that in mind when you, you're picking your FPL teams and making your transfers that where last year, I think Arsenal, if you picked one from the sort of typical starting 11, you're probably safe for 32 plus league starts. I'd be a bit more concerned about that now. Um, so yeah that's it for this one guys I'll try and do some more tactical pods in, in the coming game weeks um, feel free to like follow subscribe the, the man on YouTube channel uh, and my own Twitter profile if you find me through that um, so yeah thanks for listening and um, I'll speak to you again soon